What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that's exactly what you'll get. They can help you find work in any industry with just one interview at Express. You have a connection to endless jobs, whether you want a contract job, a new full-time role, or a summer job. Choose Express Employment Professionals. Express has more than 860 locally owned locations and no fees for job seekers. Visit expresspros.com today to find a location near you. Summer is almost here and I'm so excited to go on vacation with my kids next month. We love going anywhere warm with a beach. I always make packing harder than it needs to be, but this year I'm doing all of my summer shopping at Macy's. I can find everything I need from bathing suits, sandals, summer dresses, shorts, even towels and sunscreen at Macy's. Whether you're packing for a destination vacation or planning a backyard staycation, Macy's has what you need. You can shop top brands like Levi's, Dolce Vita, Lacoste, and more. Shop at Macy's.com slash own your style. Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Wind Down with Janet Kramer, an iHeartRadio podcast. Uh, Easton, I'm really bummed because I missed you in Nashville. You were at, is it true that Ben Higgins got married? Ben Higgins got married. The Bachelor tied the knot, finally. He tied the knot. Um, So where was it at? Tell us everything. It was at uh, Reba McIntyre's former home, her her estate. Like north in of Lebanon. Nashville? Oh. Yeah, Lebanon, Tennessee. Lebanon. Um, the, it's Lebanon. Not the country. On rodeo drive. No, it's, it's, <laughs> Lebanon. I have been saying Lebanon for a week. <laughs> Wait, actually, in Ian's, I mean, um, in your defense, <laughs> Easton's, sorry, in Easton's defense, <laughs> that was a Freudian slip, um, in Easton's defense, <laughs> is, is it not Lebanon? No, it's Lebanon. That's so, I've called it Lebanon. Wow. Y'all are, so, no, I mean, it's Lebanon. I, oh, says the one person from Nashville. Exactly. Y'all should ask me next time. <laughs> <laughs> Lebanon. Go on. Oh, man. Okay, go I, ahead. I, yeah. I don't know how much else I was mispronouncing now, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it was at this beautiful, uh, you know, it was on like a, a body of water. I don't know if it was oh, wow. a lake or just or a pond, but it was, um, it was gorgeous. Uh, there was like 400 people there. We were all in this big tent. 400 people? 400 people. All of his closest friends and family. They were all and there. all of Bachelor Nation. All of Bachelor Nation. Wait, wow. four hundred people. I, I don't. Wh- what? How many people did you have at your wedding? Oh gosh, like I don't know, one hundred fifty, two hundred. Oh wow, seventy-five. <laughs> I mean, it's expensive to get married. One. Mm-hmm. How many did you have? I had one twenty-five of mine. My in-laws made me invite like everyone I didn't even know. 
I mean, there there was some drama with 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 you know not inviting certain people. But at the same time, like when you're paying for the wedding, like who's paying for four hundred people? Like I, that was like coming out of my account. So I'm like, we're cutting the line, man. At like <laughs> under eighty, like we got to under eighty because it's like it's expensive. Four hundred people. Oh yeah, it <laughs> yeah. was so crazy, and I was, was really it nervous because. It was not televised. Oh, well, because I would have understood that. I'm like, oh, I got to pay for. Can you more. explain this to me? Right. Uh, uh, People Magazine got the exclusive. Was there but, a lot uh, of flowers? Not... A lot of flowers. You're so... I'm just... Do I'm you sure know how much, how, many, how much money 400 people of flowers would be? Like, oh. To fill, like... It was, I'm sure it was a high budget. Holy oh, yeah. moly. Guacamole. I, I thought there was going to be like a sit down dinner thing. So I was all nervous because I'm like, I don't know. The only people I know from here are, are bachelor people and they don't want to talk to me. You no, know? Like, so they, they did. They were very nice, but um, they didn't do a sit down dinner. They did like a buffet thing and then this big hall and everyone just kind of roamed around and you could get like pizza and pasta and just kind of hang out. That's because there was mm-hmm. 400 people. That's because how you 400 do 400 people, people cheaper. <laughs> A sit-down dinner for 400 Holy cow. Yeah, no, no. This was the way to do it. And uh, everyone had a really good time. There's lots of dancing. The band was great. Uh, ben and Jess looked stunning. Um, ben had 13 groomsmen, which I thought was really funny wow. and cool. <laughs> but when they came out, it was like a clown car. Like, it just more people kept coming oh. down the, down the did, aisle. Did with she them. have 13, too? She had, like, eight. Okay. It was hmm. it was uneven. So I'm like a fan of that. I like the uneven unevenness. Ooh. There's wow. no way I could do that. Really? Oh, that would drive me. I, thinking about that gives me anxiety. Why? Just looking it up there, uneven. <laughs> I, I can't. <laughs> Give me anxiety too. Yeah. I didn't like that. Really? Uh, no. Yes. Well, because I think there's like, I mean, I don't have like, I have a very small queendom. So like. And I know in my past, like someone would want more, but I'm like, well, like, I don't have like, I- I'm going to start, I'm pulling people from like, from, <laughs> yeah, from second I'm grade. To pay people hey, to be my um, do you remember me? I went to kindergarten with you and <laughs> will you be in my wedding? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but I mean, now I feel like it's kind of cool and people are like, screw it. Like I'm going to have, and now like, I feel like I'd have like a queendom up there. You'd have a lot of people. I would have a lot of people and I'm here for it. Because yeah. now everyone's like rooting for happiness. Oh, I can't wait to plan this. Wait, I don't what? know, just for fun, <laughs> you know. But like, it really—that would bother you, like, if it was set. Like, if I mean, someone... I'll get over it if you can't. If if your future gr- <laughs> groom cannot come up with the same amount, I'll get over it. <laughs> oh God, I can't even think about that. <laughs> Is that, I was going to ask, is that going through your mind? Like, are, are you are you already picking up bridesmaids for okay, Mark for the next one? <laughs> I mean, no, but like, just again, it's just such so weird. Like, I was having this conversation yeah. with Catherine. I was talking about something. I'm like, I have not like had a boyfriend. Not saying I have a boyfriend. I'm just saying, like. I'm not saying anything, <laughs> but I'm just saying, <laughs> what I'm saying is, what I'm saying, what is, I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, is like, <laughs> I'm like, what are you saying, Jana? What I'm saying is, it's just a very weird thing, like to be, you, you know, married for however, seven something year or, you know, six, seven, seven together. And it's like, to them have to go do like never thinking that you'd be like, Oh, I'm going to meet someone's parents or I'm going to, they're going to meet my kids or like someone else. Mm-hmm. It's like a very, it's just strange. And so I would never <laughs> think 
given my Elizabeth Taylor background of marriages, <laughs> that I would even think about it. But now, here's the thing. Laugh all you want, bitches. <laughs> I was like, but here's the thing now. Now I'm like, I feel like because everyone is so invested in my love life, from oh. friends to listeners, like, I want to invite the entire wind down, like, viewership. Like, I think we all are, like, rooting for, like, so the instead of 400 people, you're going to have like 100,000 people. <laughs> I'm here for that. That would be so fun. That would be so much fun. Like, I want an open bar for everybody. I don't have the money Where is to do this it. Budget but can we? I, exactly, I'm saying I don't have the money for it, but like, if we can get sponsors, if we can, like, you know, like, <laughs> figure can it out. Televised. We can find man. A, I mean, make it a live podcast kind of thing. I mean, we, <laughs> we podcasted while you gave birth. <laughs> Why not? Which while you're, while I you're getting married. I just can't. I can't feel my legs. <laughs> I remember where I was listening to that podcast. Where were you? I was in my car coming out of therapy <laughs> then. <laughs> My life is good. Nana thinks she's dying on the table. Yeah, she That's, tells someone that um, I'm a hypochondriac. Am I a hypochondriac? I no. didn't say the word. You're a hypochondriac. I said that what you think I you're going to die very often. I do. It's I, true. Huh, <laughs> does that really? make you a hypochondriac? She does, like often. I, Not like often. Die like she asks, am a- I going to die? I do ask that. Okay. Like, I'm like, mm-hmm. I, so I take three Advil, will I die? <laughs> and the person that okay. I said this to was like, do you truly think you're going to die? Or are you just saying that? I think I have a fear of it because of the kids. So, like, every time I get on a plane. That's fair. Every time I, you know, but I, I mean, obviously, like, driving is, but, and then I'm like, you looking down at my phone. I'm like, what am I doing? Like, but I think I have a fear of the unknown of what is like, like when I had my, when I walked around for step strep for a, a month, I was like, I'm dying of cancer. Like I, I and I, I'm afraid of like the, what, what those, those things that could happen. I think that's normal. I would have felt so? that way. I mean, time out really fast. I said I felt that way. Time out. This girl, Catherine will do an entire body scan to make sure that she's not dying of something. So like. Here's the difference. Okay. <laughs> Here it comes. I just like to know what's going on. But if I'm in a situation like taking three Advils, I'm I not going to ask I'm joking someone. about three right. Advil. Right. But I'm saying I think it was fair for you to be scared about. But I did ask. Was. Thank you very much. That was terrifying. But I did ask about taking the amoxicillin with wine because I'm obviously still on amoxicillin. So and it also like, did not matter how many of the people that she loves and trusts the most tell her she's fine. She has to have the fans tell her <laughs> if it's really fine or not. I just like Which everyone's input. You know, we asked Google. Did anyone tell you you would die? If no. you drink on They just said I shouldn't. And I did. Oh, I then idea. made my choice. You were there with me. No, so I'm saying I'm proud of you. <laughs> I didn't know they told you that you couldn't do it. <laughs> oh, man. Um, well, I'm glad you had fun in Lebanon. What is it? Lebanon. L- Lebanon. I did it. L- Lebanon. And, and you know, I went to Nashville for like the first, because I came to Nashville once before to hook up the mm-hmm. microphones you're mm-hmm. speaking on. Let's not talk about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but I didn't go to like Nashville proper. Mm-hmm. I, you know, like I went to like, I went down Broadway and, and did all, the, I went to the Country Music Hall of Fame. I, I, I had so a really cute. fun time. Oh, so you've been here twice now and I've not twice. seen you Yes, here. I, okay. I I, I've been in the state of Tennessee twice now. Okay, cool. And he did ask to hang Not before me. the wedding. I saw it on Instagram. Story Ooh. of my life. <laughs> That's hard, by the way. I know we have a guest joining us soon, but it's something 
when you see something on Instagram that I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, she wasn't actually that expecting, wasn't you, yeah, yeah, to expecting that wasn't. you to text yeah. Eason, but like <laughs> FOMO when some, cause there was someone that did come in for the wedding that I was like, Oh, I'm kind of bummed. They didn't reach out to me. It's interesting. Yeah. What, what, like what yeah. that, like, what is that? What is it for you? That is what social media does. You just feel left out and you might make assumptions and you might like feel away, but I think social media contributes to that for sure. If we didn't have social media, I wouldn't know. Right. I mean, it's interesting because Easton did text me and was like, I'd like to see you. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. And then when I saw like what it was, I was like, oh, well, why didn't that person text me? Yeah. It's and just, I'm like, yeah, yeah I get it kind of yeah. like, it was the thought that you wanted to see yeah. me. Yep. It's like that, like, I don't know. It's just Does that make me? Yeah. No, no I, I get that. And uh, something, so Catherine and I were exchanging DMs and something I really appreciated from her was uh, she's like, how long are you in town? And I'm like, oh, we're, we're just doing this wedding and then we're going back. She's like, oh, well, have fun. And I feel like if I had said, I'm in town for until Tuesday, you would have been like, let's hang out. 100%. I, I, I like to think that would have happened. I would have. I was going to see if you wanted to go get coffee. Aww, <laughs> a little coffee day. That would have been so fun. But then I was like, oh, okay, we'll have fun. You've got one more night here. Well, we're going to come back real soon because I'm in love with that place. It's so I, I great. Had such a fun time. It's so yeah, fun. It's I was I was beautiful. texting Tanya Rad too, and I was like, "Oh my god, you're in Franklin!" She's like, "That is the most precious little town." Like it looks like it looked like her and her boyfriend had a, a great time too. Which, by the way, I'm she's someone, for example, that I have been so rooting for. So like to see her so happy after kind of the the you know struggle not struggles but like that that you know finding the the one and it's just been like I'm so, it's so nice to see her so happy. It's it's so exciting. She's so happy and he's such a cool guy. I'm just they're they're the best. I'm so happy for her. No, oh, I love that's it. Sweet. Well, we have um, a guest joining us. Um, Catherine, do you want to give the the rundown on this uh, this guest? Okay, so we have Anne Blythe. I'm really excited about this one. Um, Tell me more. Why? Well, because she has, so it's like a support group where you get on, it's a support group, and it's for betrayal, trauma, recovery, and a podcast and all this good stuff. So it's basically for people who have had, you know, trauma from abusive relationships, mm. physically, emotionally, um, sexual trauma. Very, very interesting. So, yeah. So is she is she here? Uh, we have her in the waiting room. So let's um, let's take a break and then we'll get her on. Oh, great. Hey there. Did you know that May is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is celebrating by highlighting some cool AAPI-owned brands like Cardon, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Maeve. I mean, I love that a big brand like Macy's is supporting Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. It's important. But you know what? The best reason to check out these brands is that they're just really awesome. Seriously, you need to check them out. And you know what else? You have a great opportunity to open up access to college for AAPI students and help them succeed by donating to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. You can donate online or just round up your purchase at Macy's when you check out. So do what you can to help. Join Macy's and round up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support APIA scholars. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at Macy's.com or in store. So I've recently got some boots in the mail that I had to try because I'm a boot girl. I love boots, but wow, 
I'm never going back. Tacovas, you guys. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots. And Tacovas is your stop before attending your next concert. Tacovas has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacovas boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacovas has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, their direct-to-consumer pricing keeps value on your feet and money in your pocket. Stop by our local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores have leather and custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's Tacovas, T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and find your new favorite pair of boots. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello. Hi. Hi, Anne. Hi. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. I'm, I'm Jana. This is Catherine. Hi. How are you? And you, um, you're host of the Betrayal Trauma Recovery Podcast, which I'm very excited to start listening to. Um, and also you you offer daily online support groups for women victims of emotional abuse. Um, I, I'm just curious before we kind of get into it, what is your background and how you got into what you're now doing? Like, was it a, from a personal experience or I, I just I would love to know that side first. Yeah. So I worked in the porn addiction, um, porn, anti-porn movement for about 10 years. And then my ex got arrested. Well, he was my husband at the time. Mm -hmm. And, um, at that point I quit all my jobs. I I had been working with other anti-porn slash porn recovery, um, communities, quit my job and started studying abuse a lot. Mm -hmm. And then I started seeing the, the overlay of these two things and thought, Oh, we need to be right here in the middle and talk about this. So I started podcasting about that aspect of it 
And then women from all over the world started contacting me and then we got coaches and it just kind of grew from there. So that's sort of my, I have a master's degree in education. So personal experience plus. Was your ex also abusive? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Emotionally and psychologically abusive. Mm -hmm. Which also is, can be the, the, like, it's all awful, but it's just that for some reason has such a, a hold. Yeah. And in terms of the pornography use, um, I had told him that our, my relation, that my sexual boundaries were no porn use, monogamy, you know, stuff like that, which he happily agreed to said that that's what he wanted as well. And then, um, later found out he was using porn, which people don't realize is sexual coercion. Cause I didn't, I, I didn't have the ability to consent under those circumstances. Hmm. And so, um, that those are the types of things that I really like talking about is that to him, he's got this addiction and he has his problems and they're caused by whatever, you know? And so to him, it's like, this is, these are the reasons for it, but to the victims, it, the reasons don't really matter. The actual thing that they're experiencing is sexual coercion. The actual thing they're experiencing is psychological abuse. If they don't know what their reality is, if they don't know you know, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm with a husband who has a double life, you know, that type of thing. Um, if he's looking straight at her face and saying, no, I don't use porn. I'm not having an affair. Um, it's not just him acting out in his addiction. It's also psychological abuse because she's like, oh, okay. You know, there's no way for her to ferret out reality in that case. And, um, so that that's the betrayal trauma recovery kind of lives there and what that actually means to a victim and how um, how that's going to affect her and her self-esteem and her life and stuff like that. So it's more coming at these issues from the woman, the uh, victim's point of view than the addict's point of view. I, I have a question around that. Um, and I feel like I have to be really careful with how I word certain things. Um, so I, 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 I'm recently divorced an addict. Um, and, you know, multiple affairs. And I think um, in my experience where I have had a tough time with um, the, with, with all of that is, is, is where for all those years, just being made to feel crazy. Right. Um, and to this day, still not feeling like um, that I'm still made to feel that way. And I'm like, but, and I'm like, I've, I've sat with my therapist. I'm like, but I'm like, well, how does he not get that? He literally lied every day. Right. And it's a, and it's like that, it's at that weird, but then, mm-hmm. then I'm the crazy, like it's, it's a very, like I'm, I'm, I'm having like the, that's like been the hardest thing for me to, and I'm like, how does he hate me? Right. When that was right. the life that like, I was just, you know, I wasn't on steady ground ever. I was lied to daily. Like it was like a constant, like warfare of lies and manipulation and, you know, deceit and, you know, distrust. And like, so it's like, I'm, I'm trying to like grieve and grow and heal and learn, but yet I'm still trapped in certain areas around, I think more so than the sub more just like the, the manipulation and abuse and the gaslighting. Mm -hmm. So Darvo is when you deny the abuse and Mm -hmm. then you attack the victim and then there's RVO for Darvo and then you reverse the victim and offender role. So essentially, like, let's take a big case like Bill Cosby. That's a easy one. So you've got 
multiple victims coming forth saying, hey, this is what happened, right? And instead of admitting to it and apologizing and taking accountability and going to prison justifiably because of what he did, he denies what happened and he attacks the victims and then reverses the victim and offender role and says, actually, I'm the victim. Mm -hmm. I'm the one who is being harmed because these women are just trying to get money from me or they're just trying to ruin my reputation or whatever they're doing, right? So I think in in the general sense, when it comes to psychological abuse and emotional abuse, That's where women get so confused because the abuser is never going to admit they're an abuser and they're going to accuse the victim of abuse. Mm -hmm. Also, they're going to say that the victim's response to the abuse, like, whoa, they laugh at it and they call you crazy. Like, these are all the things that happen. Then they are going to just say, no, she's crazy. That didn't happen. Those things aren't true, you know, whatever to try and avoid accountability. So, that is part of the abuse and that's not often recognized in fact it's hardly ever recognized instead i would say the general population and and your run-of-the-mill therapist not not your therapist particularly i just mean therapists in general they'll be they'll hear his side of the story and her side of the story and then they'll think and, and again this is assuming the male's the perpetrator and the female's the victim and i know that's not always the case but because that's the population I work with. I'll talk in that gender segregated way today, but you've got, they think that the truth is somewhere in the middle and the truth is not in the middle. The truth is that the victim is telling the truth and the perpetrator is trying to get out of accountability. And so the stories he's going to tell in and of themselves are psychological abuse. So he's able to manipulate and gaslight therapists, clergy, Mm, friends, family, everyone around you in order, and they don't know it, but they're unwittingly also abusing the victim by telling her she's crazy or you're blowing this out of proportion or what, he's an addict, and now you're going to say you were sexually coerced, right? Or now you're going to say this about, about him. And so I think it just gets so muddled that it's hard to see that all of that is abuse. And unfortunately, in the pornography addiction recovery community, the abuse isn't really talked about as much as perhaps the reason why he's an addict, you know, he was blah, 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 or he feels shame or, you know, some, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just think that that discredits victims so much because you know, victims feel shame. Victims have had a hard time. Victims haven't, you know, victims have been through difficult things and we don't cheat on our husbands. We don't use porn. You know, it's like, wait, 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 wait. Just take a step back for a minute and just kind of consider this whole picture of the fog of all of this and what's really going on. Cause there are plenty of men who have had bad childhoods, who have felt shame, who have um, you know, done all kind, you know, had had a hard time in all different kinds of ways, and they cope with it maybe by eating ice cream, or maybe they cope with it by going for a run. They don't all, not all men cope with shame by having an affair. Mm-hmm. They don't, and everybody feels shame. So I think that the pornography addiction recovery world does not help victims understand the truth of what they're really experiencing. And that is why I do what I do to try and shed light on the abuse that's happening so that women can get to safety sooner, um, regardless of how their situation turns out. Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. maybe he'll be like, oh, yeah, this is abusive. I'm going to stop, you know, but um, I think it's important to really label it accurately. So the 
abuser, 90 whatever percent of the time is usually not going to acknowledge that they're an abuser. They're going to gaslight, which is obviously a huge word nowadays. Right. Um mm-hmm. So how do you suggest, I mean, I know you have these groups and you have, but what is your recommendation for people, for these victims to realize they're being gaslit, to realize that it's abuse and to set boundaries to not allow that? That is really, really hard. Um, I think the hardest position to be in would be the new wife of this Mm. guy. Um, and I, I, let's talk about that for just a second. And then we can step back to maybe the original victim, if we want to call it that, or the first victim. But what um, a new victim will hear, like the the second wife, let's call her for a minute. Healed and healthy. She was unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Um, she She's just a gold digger. Maybe I'll say that. Maybe she'll say, maybe he'll say, I, it's true, I'm not perfect. I've got problems. I had an affair. I looked at something like that. He might say something like that, but like, she can't forgive. She's just really bitter and angry. She hates men. She's a lesbian. (laughs) They might hear that. Um, They might hear um, all kinds of things. Right. And so this new victim doesn't realize that this is abuse in and of itself, that she's already being Mm -hmm. abused. And she thinks to herself, I'm not controlling. I'm kind and understand, you know, she didn't understand me. She was controlling, whatever. I'm not controlling. I'm understanding. Like I, I empathize. Oh, I get it. Like, Oh, you went through this hard time. I'm so sorry. So they start out this relationship, not, they don't know it, but not feeling safe to say, Hmm, you know, I, I actually am not controlling, but I don't feel comfortable with this situation because if they speak up, then he'll be like, Oh, don't be controlling like my ex. Don't be, you know, oh, you're just like super high maintenance woman or something, right? And so that is actually where that abuse starts, but it's so subtle. And it feels like he's saying, you're amazing. You're incredible. I know you would never be like her. And that is a real big trap for women. So um, I don't know how to recognize it at first, but one of the biggest red flags are those types of things that a man might say about a woman. Um, And one easy way, which nobody does, because they think this ex is crazy, right? They think his former girlfriend is cuckoo. So they're like, I'm not going to talk to her because she's wacko because of what he told me. So um, one way is to talk to that woman to say, hmm, that's really interesting. Now that we're getting more serious, I'd actually like to talk to your ex. Can you give me your number? I'd like to take her to lunch. Um, that is, and, and actually believe what she's telling you. That is really hard when you're in love with someone and you think he's amazing and you think everything's going well. But I would say um, if he's speaking badly about a former husband, or sorry, a former spouse or a former girlfriend, that is a really big, that would be probably one of the biggest first red flags. Hmm. I think the other thing yeah. is just know that like the grooming part is part of the abuse. So this is what okay. I'd like to educate women about. So you're in a relationship, you think it's amazing and you hear these horror stories and you think, Oh, well, I'm so glad he'd never do that. He's so understanding and you know, wonderful. And he's not that kind of guy. So with abuse, the grooming parts are abusive. When he puts on that show of like, hey, I'm amazing, you're amazing, our relationship is good, I'm healthy, la, la, la. That is 
abuse in and of itself. That's and a lot of women will think of like Jekyll and Hyde, right? Like, Oh, he's like amazing. And then we have this like bad week and it's so weird and I don't know what's going on and I'm so confused. So they kind of go back and forth or they might find porn or they might find out he's been having an affair and be like, wow, this is so weird. Like what, what is happening? And it's really confusing. And he seems sort of like Jekyll and Hyde. And they don't realize that both of those sides to him are the abuse. So when a woman is thinking, oh, this is so great. He's so understanding, you know, whatever. Take a little bit of a step back and consider, is what I'm experiencing a true, healthy, loving, partnered relationship? Does he actually see me as an equal? Does he actually see our relationship um, as a partnership? Or am I being exploited and groomed? And in order to find out if that's the case, you have to take a little bit of a step back and be willing to, you know, set a few boundaries, tell them how you really feel, you know, things like that. And it takes a lot of time. So I always tell women to slow down a little bit, you know, like don't just jump right into relationships, try to take it a little bit slow so that you can see, but sometimes there's just no way to see the, um, the ugly side of the abuse, the only thing you can see is that grooming side for a while because they're not going to show that side until they feel like they have complete control. Mm-hmm. So, you know, red flags are tough. It's, yeah. I think more than that, just giving women permission to know that they might miss them and it's okay. It's all right. But when they start seeing them, like pay attention and then don't feel bad. Don't, don't get down on yourself. Don't be like, Oh, why didn't I see it? You know, because some of these guys are really, really good at it. And, and seeing it's going to be hard and it's not your fault, right? If, if we tell women, you should have seen the signs, you should have known you were being lied to, you know, you should have done this, then that's a form of victim blaming, right? So as, as prepared as we try to be as educated as we try to be, there's, it's just kind of a crapshoot at times. And I think um, just giving victims grace to know it's okay. We've all done it. We've all been there. We might all do it again, you know, but at least we know what we're looking at later down the road if we're educated. What if you get out of an abusive relationship, whatever that abuse looked like, and there's still a form of abuse there or abuse between friends or abuse, but you know, whatever it may be, but let's say you're not in that marriage anymore. And there's, there's still a form of abuse. How do you, I mean, obviously boundaries are important, but how do you try and get past that? Like, I, I just think it's such a hard, it can just take control of your life. So it's like, how do you get past that? How do you set up those boundaries to not allow that abuse to come in? That's really hard. I, I think a very common myth about abusive relationships is that divorce is the solution mm-hmm. or breaking up is the solution. And it is in some ways, if you do not share children with this person, uh, once the divorce is final or even before the divorce is final, you can institute no contact boundaries. You can block them on your phone. You can you can never talk to that person again if you choose to. You can block their friends and family. Have you guys heard of the term flying monkeys? Do you know that term? Mm-mm. Okay, so that would be the people who believe his side of the story. Mm. And in in doing that, they perpetuate the abuse um, accidentally, right? They don't know that they're doing that, but they are. So um, when... When you share children, so 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 not sharing children, I guess some people are think of their dogs or their pets maybe in that same 
<laughs> that same category where they like share custody of a dog or something. So apart from that, I would say um, if you're in that situation, if you can't get new kids, um, I'm I'm not a dog person, so I don't want to say to all these people who love their dogs, just get a new dog. Maybe that sounds super harsh, um, <laughs> but if you if you can go no contact, if you can't, then you are going to be a victim of abuse for a long time. Now, being a victim of abuse is a really interesting uh, term. People don't like it. They don't. They like a lot of people prefer survivor, and for women who share children. They, they haven't survived anything. It's like they're still on the Titanic. The Titanic is still sinking. You know, they haven't actually walked to dry ground. So I actually like the word victim in that case. A survivor sort of implies that it's over. Sure. Right. So for perpetual ongoing victims of abuse who share children who are pretty good at setting boundaries, it is just a tough road. Like, period. And so it's really important to learn what boundaries you can set, what you can do. And then the awesome thing is the, the farther along you get in your healing and the stronger you get and the more confident you get, the, um, the more the fog will lift. And so you'll still actually be experiencing abuse, right? You'll still be lying. You'll still be gaslighting. You'll still have people meet you who think you're crazy. That will still happen. But because the fog has lifted and you're healed and you feel confident, um, it's, it doesn't harm you as much. Mm -hmm. So an example that I give is maybe before you've realized what's happening, he's stepping on your foot all the time, just to use a metaphor and other people are stepping on your foot all the time and you're, you're learning and you're growing and you're asking them not to step on your foot. And you're saying, Hey, this hurts. Don't step on my foot. But then later you're like, Oh, I'll just buy steel toed boots. You buy your steel toed boots, you put them on. He's still, you know, comes to a family function or something happens and he, he comes over and he steps on your foot. Cause that's what he's going to do but it's not going to hurt as much. You're just going to be like, hmm, whatever, you know, and he is going to be like, this doesn't work anymore, man. I'm trying to step on her foot, but she doesn't react. She doesn't like, I'm not getting what I like out of this. And he'll stop stepping on your foot. Hopefully eventually that's the theory. I've been uh, divorced for six years now and uh, he's still trying to step on my foot. So, so I'm hoping eventually that will um, subside, but it's something that society doesn't really understand. It's something that society still thinks like, well, they're divorced. What's wrong with her? Why can't she forgive? Or why can't she just move on or something like that? And I think it's because they don't recognize she's still being actively victimized. Um, she's still being lied to. She's still being gaslit. And unless that stops, it's going to be pretty hard for her to like want to be in the same room with him. It's going to be pretty hard for her not to bristle a little bit. I mean, nobody would say to a, a, a rape victim who had been raped on the street by a stranger, um, what's wrong with her? Why can't she talk to this stranger? You know, everyone's like, oh, I get it. I get it. But then when it comes to someone who's been abused by their husband for 10 years and finally realize what's happened, and then suddenly she's supposed to be able to be in the same room with him, like and through all the sexual coercion and stuff. And I'm like, I, that's a lot of pressure to put on victims. The abuser doesn't mind. The abuser wants that interaction. They want the chaos. They they like causing that pain to her. So they're not in a hurry to uh, move on anytime soon in, ter in terms of just causing chaos in her life. And 
um, they'll look really happy and smiley and, um, you know, during the thing. So, so it's hard. You're, I'm seeing, are you okay? She's having a hard time. Good. Is this what you're going through? Needed to hear. Sorry, you didn't sign up for this today. Or did you? Did you know you were signing up for this? <laughs> it's good. Take a minute. Hey there. Did you know that May is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is celebrating by highlighting some cool AAPI-owned brands like Cardon, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Maeve. I mean, I love that a big brand like Macy's is supporting Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. It's important. But you know what? The best reason to check out these brands is that they're just really awesome. Seriously, you need to check them out. And you know what else? You have a great opportunity to open up access to college for AAPI students and help them succeed by donating to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. You can donate online or just round up your purchase at Macy's when you check out. So do what you can to help. Join Macy's and round up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support APIA scholars. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at Macy's.com or in store. So I've recently got some boots in the mail that I had to try because I'm a boot girl. I love boots, but wow, I'm never going back to Kova's you guys. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots and to Kova's is your stop before attending your next concert. Tacovas has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacovas boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacovas has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, their direct-to-consumer pricing keeps value on your feet and money in your pocket. Stop by our local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores have leather and custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's Tacovas, T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and find your new favorite pair of boots. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It was interesting when you touched on all the different types of abuse. You know, the, the grooming, the, all of the, I think people just see abuse as either physical or emotional. Like, Plain and simple. That's all there is. And I think um, I think it's people need to to hear that and to know that there's all forms of abuse and it's, you know, it can happen at any point. Well, I think the part that's hard for people to understand is that physical abuse doesn't happen in a silo. So if you've been physically assaulted, you have also been emotionally abused mm-hmm. and psychologically abused. Like the things I'm talking about happen in every emotionally abusive relationship in every psychologically abusive relationship. So if people think of abuse as this thing right here, and then they're like, well, he's nice to her and he's super cool and he's educated and you know, whatever they're, they don't know that that is, that's abuse. That's what it is. They just, they've only been educated enough, like, Uh, like this much. And so Mm -hmm. they think the abuse is just this one little part and they don't realize that that's actually every abuse victim's experience. Uh, I don't mean the details are all the same. I don't mean that the situations are the same, but I do mean that um, we interact with abusive men all the time and we don't know because of these other parts of it, right. Of the, the grooming and all the other parts. And, um, That's also why they continue to get away with it Mm -hmm. because people listen to them and think, Oh, what a poor guy. This is so sad. I feel so bad for him. And they don't recognize that he is literally the typical abuser. Like he's, Mm -hmm. he's not some special case. He's not, um, he's not like a, a good abuser or he's not like, you know, I don't know how to describe that. What I'm trying to say is, that's just abuse. That's what it looks like. And, um, people really don't want to think that the person that they know that they've known for a long time is an abuser. There's, there's a very heavy weight to the word abuser that mm-hmm. that people feel really uncomfortable with. Um, because it's, it's awful to be an, a victim. Cause you think, Oh, like, I didn't think I was like that. I didn't think I'd ever put up with that, you know, that kind of thing. And then it's awful to also think like, Oh, is he ever going to change? Like, is he ever going to be able to have, um, a, like a healthy life, you know, questions like that, that are really mm-hmm. hard to wrap our heads around. And, you know, we don't have the answers to those questions yet. So, um, but for victims, it's, there's no way to know. So I just don't want women to blame themselves or to feel bad that they didn't see it coming. Yeah. What do you do with, um, like, um, like wanting to like keep the peace for the kids, but also it's, you want to have good boundaries, but then also you want to have, um, 
family functions together and, and be a family. And, but yet that usually ends having like emotional warfare with myself or how, how do you, how do you handle like doing both those things when both can be, when they're both, I don't know. I guess I don't like, how do you, how do you, how can you do both or like, how how do you separate or cause I, Um, you know, the kids, my kids are my life and I always want them to be happy. And is there a way to be able to separate the past for, you know, cause to them, the past has, is done. And that's, in my experience, they say that's the past. Like now we're here now, like get over it. Mm-hmm. Um, and how old are your kids? Six and three. Yeah. Um, the cool thing is you get to decide you get to navigate this in a way that works for you. And it's going to take you some time to figure out what you really like and what really brings you peace. Your goal but I don't want to be the bitch. I don't want to be the like, right. so it's like, I, I'm like trying to like be right. kind and like, oh yeah, you can come up like, in, but, but then it's like how it feels later. It doesn't, it doesn't feel good mm-hmm. knowing that I still feel like I still want the apology, even though in my experience, right. that person has said, you know, I've apologized a million times, but I'm like, but you really haven't like to your, in, right. in the true empathy. Right. So let's talk about the, I don't want to make him mad or I don't want to appear crazy or I don't want to appear to be, you know, this awful, like raunchy woman that crazy um, ex-wife or me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So on that note, I remember one day I said to my mom, like, I can't write him that he's going to get mad. Yeah. And she was awesome and said, Anne, of course you can. He's mm-hmm. mad anyway. And I was like, oh, oh, like, no matter what I do, he's going to get mad. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to be myself like that. For me, that was like, oh, done, done. You know, not that I did that after that, but mm-hmm. just realizing that this um, trying to avoid being the difficult woman, trying to appear to be the ideal woman that society wants you to be, which means that apparently you smile and, you know, whatever it is you're supposed to do is abuse in and of itself. Right. So when you think those things to yourself, I can't say what I really think. I can't have what I really want. I can't, um, be safe in my own home, you know, whatever it is. And this is going to be a journey for you. So I'm not trying to say like, I I don't have any answers for you. So I hope that that comes across that that this is just sort of more of a brainstorming type of idea, but um, maybe consider that sometimes those things that are keeping you from saying like, I really actually don't want them to come over. I would have a better time and I would feel closer to my kids and I would feel more peace if he didn't come over. And I don't feel comfortable when he's here and I don't like it and think, and that's okay. That's okay. Why, why is the victim so, or the, why, why is the person so afraid of the reaction of the, of the person, of the other person? Cause cause it's abuse mm. because he has abused you to the point where you don't want to do that thing. I mean, think about the control that that wields right? Your own internal dialogue that you have that you did not know was the abuse talking. It's not actually you talking. It's the abuse talking. 
And it's not just from him, by the way, it's from a lot of different men. It's from a lot mm -hmm. of different things going on. Right. Mm -hmm. So women have accidentally like sort of, um, absorbed this misogyny from all over the place and are now like, wait a minute, wait a minute, who am I? And what do I want now? That's why I say this is a personal journey because you might find that you actually, um, like it better. It's better for you. It's better for your kids. Even though it, may, it might be uncomfortable, you might think, Hmm. Okay. Even though I know he's abusive, even though I know these things are going to happen and I'm, I'm going to get a little hurt. Um, I, I would prefer that he come over for these other reasons, right? So, so one of the things I encourage victims to do is maybe like journal a little bit, write some pros and cons. Here are all the pros of doing this thing. Here are all the cons of doing this thing, right? And then also write the results of what happens and, and experiment a little. Because um, uh, one thing an abuser doesn't want you to do is they don't want you to experiment. They don't want, to, they don't want you to tell them what you really think. Um, they want to be able to do what they want, regardless of how it makes you feel. So considering like, how do I feel? Do I feel comfortable? Those types of things and start asserting yourself in different ways, depending on how you feel. And again, there aren't any right or wrong answers here, but, um, I, I just want women to consider that all these things holding them back from saying, I'm not comfortable. I don't want this. Um, no, you can't come over whatever the thing is is a lot of the time it's abuse. I'm so proud of my seven-year-old daughter who um, says, I'm uncomfortable. Mm. I am not comfortable with this all the time now. And it, it can be anything. And she's like, I don't feel comfortable. And even to me, sometimes I'm like, hey, let's go for a walk. And she'll say, mom, I'm not comfortable. I need a jacket or whatever, you know, it's just whatever. And I think good for you. Like being able to express what you're comfortable with is part of abuse as healing from this, because that is part of coming back to yourself. And it takes time to figure out what you really want and what you don't really want. And I know a lot of women who are able to, um, I'm not like this. So just want to put that out there. But um, a lot of women who are able to do family functions with their abusers, and they choose to do that knowingly knowing the pros and cons. I am, I don't, I don't, I block him on my phone. I block him on my email. I only contact mine through our family wizard. Uh, if we're in the same room, I do not speak to him. Um, and I feel more comfortable that way. So just depending on, and I don't care, like at this point, if he's like, oh, she won't speak to me. And then he'll tell people, you know, I like I walked in and um, he doesn't speak to me either. So that's fine. But if he, if he lied and told someone, yeah, well, we were in the same room and I tried to talk to her and she wouldn't say anything, something like that, um, that would be true. But also I'm okay with that. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to talk to him because every time I talked literally every time I have talked to him, which has maybe been four times in the last six years, or I don't know, you know, six times he's lied to my face. Like right then every, like, there has not been a time when he hasn't lied to my face. Here's an example. I was at a parent teacher conference. I walked over to him and said, you cannot be at my parent teacher conference. You need to make your own appointment. And he said, no, this is my appointment. And I was like, no, cause I know I made the appointment. Right. So I know he's gaslighting me. So I'm like, no, that's not true. This is my appointment. And he's like, no, it's mine. I made it. And I'm like, I said, you're lying. I know it's my appointment. You cannot come to my appointments. And then I walked off. And then later in the hall, he came up and put his hand on my shoulder, all nice, mm. and said, um, Anne, I just, I just wish we could get along. 
like with the nicest, you know, look on his face. And I said, we will never get along until you tell the truth, you take accountability and you mm. clean up your mess. Goodbye. And I just walked off, but I'm like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to try to get along with you. You lie to my face. Every time I talk to you, um, your emails are full of lies. Your messages are full of lies. I have no desire to like pretend like it's okay. Now I feel comfortable there with my personality and the, the, you know, stuff I have going on and a lot of other women, they don't feel comfortable there. Like they, they wouldn't like that. So they, so the cool thing about, um, healing is that you get to discover how you feel, how you want to do it. And there are women I respect so much and I think they're doing it right. And they don't do it like I do, which is fine. Mm -hmm. Um, so, but I, but I just want to give women permission to do it however they want. You know, if you don't want to talk to them, you can tell them to your face or to his face, or you don't even have to actually don't do this. If you don't want to talk to him, if you don't want to talk to someone, don't go up to them and tell them you don't want to talk to them. <laughs> I always think that's pretty funny. Uh, if you don't want to talk to them, just block them on your phone, you know, like, like you and let them say what they're going to say. That gives me like hives though. Cause I'm just so afraid of reactions. Like it's just literally gives me like I, from, from anybody, from anybody in my past, like I'm afraid of their reaction. And I know that stems from my past abusive relationships, but I, I just still like, I don't know. I'm like, I just, I always want to keep the peace and, you know, and, mm -hmm. And that is the effect of abuse. Mm. And that's the purpose of abuse. And that's the effect, right? The purpose of the abuse is um, get a woman to do something she's uncomfortable with. And if she doesn't do it, make everybody think she's crazy and punish her for it. And essentially, that's what abuse is. So when you say it gives me hives because I don't want to, you know, like, I, I don't want to be yelled at or whatever he does. I don't want to cause problems, right? That kind of a thing. That is the abuse talking. Now, I'm not saying that you should do it. That's, again, it's up to you. But just remember that a lot of these things that you're thinking is that is actually the abuse and the effect that it's trying to get is for you to comply Mm -hmm. um, I have a coin for abuse victims. It's awesome. And uh, on the one side, it says, I will not comply. Mm. Um, and it's not going to feel good to go against an abuser because you're going to get flack back. Right. So a lot of women will be like, well, it just didn't feel right. And I felt really uncomfortable and I just, I got high, you know, whatever. Like, it's just like the most awful feeling in the world because you do not want to do it. Um, and you don't have to, but you, there are ways of not complying safely that you might feel comfortable with, that you might discover and say, okay, well, I don't want to really want to say this to his face because I'm really nervous, but I know he's going to be here and I know he's going to show up. So instead of saying anything about it, I think I'm actually just going to pack up the car and go, mm -hmm. you know, and I won't be around. Um, or other methods of not complying that aren't so obvious to him maybe, or maybe aren't so in his face. Um, so that you can start getting out of your own head when it comes to the abuse and separate that out so that he's not still abusing you in your head. Like I find that abuse victims are still abused in their head by their abuser years after, even though he's not saying anything to them. Well, it's probably just from all the mental or the, you know, the verbal abuse from years prior that they just, I know in my past, like I've, I've believed those things from my past mm -hmm. abusers being like, Oh, well they said I'm this, so I'm that. 
Right. They said, I'm crazy. Well, then I guess I'm crazy. They said, I'm not worth it. Okay. Then I guess I'm not, you know, Mm -hmm. and the next person. And that's kind of curious for the next time. Like, how do you, you know, because of my past situations, like how, how do I allow, cause it's almost like, I don't feel like I allow, like I'm afraid to like, let, let myself be happy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that will just take time. I think that's how I, I was like that for a while too. I think all, uh, all abuse victims go through this, like agoraphobic kind of a thing where you're like, you don't want to move <laughs> or do anything or go out of the house. Cause it's, everything feels really scary. Right. And that's like the safety and stabilization phase where you're just trying to get to safety. You're trying to figure out what's going on. And then when you can take a breath, like, okay, he's not in my face all the time, metaphorically in my that's face. What I did that with my first abuser back in LA. I remember I didn't leave the, the apartment for about a month. And then when I did, I had a panic attack, like, mm-hmm. but it that my, that little 2000 square foot apartment was the only safety I felt like I had. And then when I got out, I was like, Oh God, where is he? You know, just like, yeah, it's scary. Yeah. So the second phase is grieving and processing because then you have to look at what happened with a new paradigm Mm. and recognize like, and you have to process, you have to reprocess everything. So if you're, if you're looking at everything like this and suddenly you put new glasses on and everything is like, Oh, all these times he was nice to me. That was grooming. Right. Then you have to process all that sort of over again with a new light. And, um, like, like a lot of women ask, like, so he never really loved me, for example. Well, they'll say he, they never really loved you too. Heard that a time. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like he did at first, but then never, I don't never love you was in love. I yeah. never loved you or mm-hmm. something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let's say he didn't ever say, I, I never really loved you. Mm-hmm. Let's say I did. Let's say he says, I love, I did love you. I loved you so much. You were amazing. But then I realized mm-hmm. what you were really like, or, you know, something like abusive like that. And you're reprocessing that. Um, abusive men can't actually love. So it's not that women aren't lovable. We're absolutely lovable. Like you guys are gorgeous. I'm gorgeous. We're fun. We're, we're not we're crazy. Great. We're <laughs> okay, not crazy. Like, we're responsible. Question mark, question right? mark. Am I crazy? I don't, I mean, no. I know I have my, I have so much to work on, you know, but yeah. I mean, also I, but yeah, you're great. You're fine. You're, you're fine. <laughs> you don't deserve abuse. Hey there. Did you know that May is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is celebrating by highlighting some cool AAPI-owned brands like Cardon, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Maeve. I mean, I love that a big brand like Macy's is supporting Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. It's important. But you know what? The best reason to check out these brands is that they're just really awesome. Seriously, you need to check them out. And you know what else? You have a great opportunity to open up access to college for AAPI students and help them succeed by donating to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. You can donate online or just round up your purchase at Macy's when you check out. So do what you can to help. Join Macy's and round up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support APIA scholars. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at Macy's.com or in store. So I've recently got some boots in the mail that I had to try because I'm a boot girl. I love boots, but wow, I'm never going back to Kova's you guys. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots and Tacova's 
is your stop before attending your next concert. Tacova's has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, their direct-to-consumer pricing keeps value on your feet and money in your pocket. Stop by our local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores have leather and custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's Tacovas, T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and find your new favorite pair of boots. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a, a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful Beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. But I will say, though, too, like I know in my past relationships, like I've said some really mean things, too. Like I I can also Mm -hmm. be like, oh, I was that was verbally abusive, calling someone an a-hole or being like you're right, you know, so it's like. In in that I'm like, well, it's a spade a spade then. Like then I'm just being kettle black. Like if if I'm saying, Well, you're an a hole, I don't know. So then I just so then I discredit the other abuse because I'm like, Well, I, I right. also called him an asshole. Right. Um, I would disagree with you. And the reason I disagree is because um abuse is exploitation at the core. So they actually the the, the behaviors ha- are goal oriented. Okay. And they're exploit, they're exploitative in nature. So essentially you're not falling in love with a person. You're following, you're falling in love with a, if you're an abuser, you're following, you're falling in love with what that person can do for you. So they're going to give you sex. They're going to give you, they're going to look good at parties, you know, and I'm not saying, saying women can't, can't do this. Women can do this for sure. But the, the core of abuse is exploitation. So when I say he, he, he actually didn't love you, but not because you're not lovable. It's because what he loved was what you could do for him, not actually you as an individual person, right? As like 
like he respecting you, respecting what you want, respecting your wishes, respecting who you are. He groomed you to think that at first, but then after a while you realize like, actually he doesn't care. You know, uh, he, he really doesn't care. Um, so when women are like, oh man, I swore at him or, you know, I did whatever, whatever it is they feel really guilty about. I want them, I want to ask the question, were you doing that because was your motivation exploitation or was your motivation safety and truth? Okay. I have found that most women, they come at that and they're, they, they're calling him names or they're swearing or whatever they're doing. Their motivation is actually safety. They're like, you hurt me and yeah. I am trying to figure this out and I am angry and I am mm-hmm. frustrated. And I don't think that's abuse. I, I, you might say things you regret. You might not be like fantastic, but I don't think that the core of that, when it comes to a woman who is hurt is to exploit. I think her core is she is looking for safety and she's trying to defend herself. Um, and I don't know if that's true, but no, I'm, I, I hear you. And I, I absolutely like, I always say like, when I talk to my therapist, therapist about it, I always say like, yeah, like I, you know, it was, it was, I didn't feel safe and all those situations, Mm -hmm. but I, I'm curious, but then what, what if that person then says, well, I had my own stuff and my own shame. So this is why I did X, Y, and Z. So then it's like, is, is that just then two, again, two, like two people that just like, I was reacting to his, to what he did and he's reacting because of his own shame and his own stuff. Right. And that is where, um, you know, when I feel shame, I eat ice cream. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yep. Okay. Okay. Right. I know. I'm just trying That's to make, I'm trying to make like, not an excuse, but like, I'm trying to like, I don't know. I don't so know you've, got, to... you've got you've um, got <laughs> abuse. So abuse is here, mm-hmm. right? Abuse lives here, and abuse has no purpose, like uh, no um, reason. It has no excuse. The what it wants is to exploit someone else and to control them. Okay, and then you have someone who is looking for safety and truth and trying to defend themselves. They do. Their purpose is not to exploit. Their purpose is not to control. And their purpose is not to, um, you know, subvert somebody else. Mm -hmm. The purpose is for an actual partnered relationship. They're looking for truth. They're looking to be equal with that other person. An abuser never wants to be equal. When it gets close to being equal, they'll lie, they'll manipulate, Mm -hmm. they'll do something so that that you can't be on equal ground. If someone is lying to you, right? They're, let's say they're using pornography and pornography is not, is, is outside your sexual boundaries, let's say, okay. And so they know that if they told you everything that they do sexually, that you would be on equal ground. Mm. You would know them like as they are. And then you would be able to make a decision as to whether or not you wanted to be in that relationship on equal ground. You could say, oh, this is who you are. Huh? Okay. Well, you shine on, you be you. I'm not into that. Thanks for letting me know. I'm out. Mm. Right. There's no threat to that other than like, huh, Okay. You can be yourself when I'm going to go be me over here. Mm-hmm. We don't have to be together. But abuse wants to say, I know that if she knew this stuff or that if I told her this, that she would leave. And because she's not equal to me, because I have the right to exploit her, because I have the right to withhold information from her, that automatically puts him in his own mind 
and in our case, above us, right? So they, they, they hold this power because we don't have all the information. So I think when you think about that, think about the motivation, mm -hmm. think about now an abuser, when they learn these, this language, let's say there's an abuser listening today. They're going to use this. They, they weaponize everything. If they go to therapy, they're going to weaponize it. If they go to pornography addiction recovery, if they go to sex addiction recovery, they're going to weaponize it. So what they would say to you is, well, I also didn't feel safe. I was also defending myself against your verbal attacks. Mm -hmm. They're going to use everything they can. It doesn't matter what it is to weaponize it against a victim. And so um, it, that's why I never recommend couple therapy. I never recommend, you know, a, like reading some kind of therapy book with your abuser, other, other things like that, because anything that even a lot of spiritual abuse, a lot of spiritual stuff, scripture, you know, depending on um, mm -hmm. who, where, where you get your help from, depending on what you're looking for, they're going to weaponize that. And you mm -hmm. can tell that they're weaponizing it by how you feel. Yeah. And if they're not weaponizing it, if they're legit, like using it the way it should be used, you're not going to feel bad. You're going to be like, oh, things are getting a little better. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I just want victims to not don't just listen to these words because your abuser could hear this podcast and be like, <laughs> I my motivation was love. My motivation was safety. And they're, they're just lying. Their actual motivation. It was exploitation. And thank you so much for coming on, um, getting real with us, sharing all this. I mean, this was very helpful for both of us, both sides. And um, where can our listeners hear your podcast and um, get on? Where, where can I also like, just get on? <laughs> I find Please you? tell me everything. <laughs> well, first of all, I apologize for talking so much. Um, I would love to hear your stories. So if you would like to come on my podcast... I would love to have you. Thank you. So after we can maybe talk about that. Um, my podcast is Betrayal Trauma Recovery. We share stories from victims. Um, it is an amazing place where women are believed and people listen. And it's um, it's an awesome podcast. So you can, I think I already said this, but you can find it on Apple Podcasts or your podcasting apps. Our website is btr.org. At BTR, we have um, multiple groups a day. In every single time zone, we have trauma-informed and abuse um, specialists who help women process this stuff. We're the only organization that I know of that includes infidelity and porn use and, and sexual acting out outside of a woman's sexual boundaries as an abuse issue. I think it is an abuse issue because of all the things that go along with it. Um, and so women are really safe at BTR to feel all the feelings they need to feel in order to heal. And we, um, we see women healing all the time, even though it takes time. So again, that's btr.org. You can also find us on Instagram at Betrayal Trauma Recovery. We're on TikTok. Um, my uh, colleague Diana runs our TikTok and it's really fun there. Or, well, really fun. It's, it's miserable, but she's really <laughs> good at it. Um, she runs our TikTok and that's at btr.org as well. Awesome. Well, thank awesome. you so much. I appreciate it uh, more than you know. Thank, okay, you. thank you. Okay. All right. Bye, girl. Bye -bye. Thank you. Whew. I actually love. Um, I I forgot that I follow betrayal trauma oh, recovery. Yeah, I do, and I love I love the girl that they have on there. Like she's she's amazing. Um, she, they talk about like narcissism, gaslighting. Mm -hmm. Um, he like abusive to the mom, but he's still a really good dad. And I'm just going to call that one, that's false. You, he 
he can't be a good dad and be abusive to the children's mother. It's just not possible. Like she and throws. Funny, I'm going to get some comments from men. Yeah, she wow. throws. She's she's really good. I mean, she says a lot of like I just I I like love following. I was like, wait a minute, I know that name, because um, that wasn't that must she must be like the head of it. I'm not sure, um, but yeah, she's. Um, Recently, I was talking to an abuse victim. Yeah, she's great. So if you guys follow Betrayal Trauma Recovery, hopefully this was helpful to y'all. And again, this yeah. is just um, yeah, I'm 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 spent. Yeah, <laughs> fair. Me too. Okay. All right. Love you. Bye. Bye. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm late. I'm late. For a very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.